Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's happening, Dodger fans? Your Los Angeles Dodgers are a 500 team right now, 13 and 13, as we're recording the evening of April 27th. They just lost a series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Your Pittsburgh Pirates are somehow the best team in the National League, 18 and 8. Did not see that coming. We got some stuff to dive into because, man, it's been brutal. We are, thank you for again for listening to the Incline Dodgers podcast. We are presented by Fansided. This is Kevin Klein speaking. Little bit bummed that the Dodgers did lose this series to the Pirates. These last two games were absolute stinkers. Julio Arias got shelled. We're going to talk more about him in a little bit. They lost today six to two. And then yesterday they got blown out eight to one. Despite Tony Gonsolin coming back, pitching a little strong three and a third scoreless innings, the Dodgers bullpen could not hang tight and the offense was flat these last two games. But I'm going to defer to Jake Reiner to kind of get the show kicked off with his thoughts on the Dodgers and where he wants us to begin topic wise. I think we've got to start. I I feel like we should build to the to the bullpen because that is the weakest link so far uh, this season. So I kind of want to start with the offense a little bit. And given the fact that we are in a weird predicament where a majority of the roster is on uh, paternity leave. Uh, having new babies and things like that all at the same time, not ideal, but, you know, especially with that, you know, no Muncie in the lineup, uh, Will Smith still dealing with the concussion. Uh, JD Martinez is a little banged up. So you're missing three E bats in that lineup where it is just so crucial for guys like Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman to produce and unfortunately, they just haven't been doing much of that, um, at least lately. Freddie Freeman a little bit more than Mookie Betts. And I have no worries about Freddie Freeman in his ability to uh, eventually break out and start really driving in runs. But it has been kind of a slow going for him so far. I mean, he's only driven in uh, nine runs so far this season. And in his last seven games, um, he's hitting 222 and he hit a home run the other night in Pittsburgh, but the Dodgers are already down eight to nothing. So that didn't really matter. Um, and then the one that's kind of a little more egregious is Mookie Betts. I mean, over his last seven games, he's hitting 154. He's hitting 233 on the season with a 760 OPS, only, you know, three home runs, 10 RBIs and, and one stolen base. And I know that he's kind of start off slow a lot, you know, especially for the Dodgers, he kind of starts off slow, but man, when you've got all those guys down and you've got so many and you've, and you've got to score runs because the bullpen has been so bad. And also we're missing key relievers like Gratterall and Phillips. 
you got to find something from your stars and they're just not producing right now. They're not driving in runs um, and, and putting runs on the board. So that, that has been the most um, concerning part. I mean, the rest of the lineup is sort of like kind of thrown together. You got Jason Hayward hitting third for God knows why Um, James Outman has been sort of forced into that role in the middle of the lineup, which you may not want him to be, you know, as a rookie, you know, being counted on, but he's, he's pulled through and he's, he's, you know, hitting as well over his weight. Um, so yeah, th- that's kind of where I wanted to start with, with sort of the the leaders of this team, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. You can add one robbed home run to Mookie Betts stat line as well, but I do yeah. agree. He is off to a very slow start. This is not what you would want to see out of your star leadoff hitter, but I'll get into why maybe he doesn't have as many RBIs in a second after I let Chris Camello have the floor, but he has no one to drive in. And I'm going to get on that point in a second. Yeah, I kind of felt like last uh, the last time I was on this show, Kev, we were talking about that. We were saying, why is Freddie Freeman, just like we were questioning that last year, even though he had protection in the lineup with Trey Turner, why was Freddie Freeman batting second? I understand the right, left, right, left thing. But at the same point in time, you have to put guys in who are going to be able to drive in runs. How is Freddie supposed to drive in runs, runs at the two spot, especially like you said, Jake? Mookie's not getting on base right now. So it's not like Mookie is leading off the games with a double or a single and stealing a base. And then all of a sudden golden RBI opportunity for Freddie Freeman. So it just hasn't been there. I I think, you know, it's time to tweak some things in the order. And until we see this Dodger lineup full, you know, uh, by the way, uh, Will Smith, you guys were wrong. He did have a baby. He had a brain baby. Uh, he, I think I heard him, uh, I heard he named his concussion Hubert. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I understand he's, he's dealing with that right now, but uh, yeah, everyone's been gone with paternity leave. It's been kind of a funky week. All that being said, you still come home four and three on a seven game road trip. It's not bad. You know, all things considered. So uh, they were able to take three out of four in Chicago. Uh, They were fortunate enough to take that first one in Pittsburgh. But yeah, Pittsburgh definitely owned them these last couple of games. But yeah, it's uh, until we see this team whole, it's going to be difficult to make any sort of judgments for them. But I do agree. Uh, They need to score runs to win on most nights because their bullpen right now is not good enough to close out one or two run games. Yeah, that's spot on. And I mean, I agree to both your guys' point. They're missing three key at-bats. We might find out tomorrow if J.D. Martinez lands on the injured list with that back tightness. So we won't have the update yet for you guys. But I actually want to focus on a few stats. And there's just something off with the approach. We can put the blame on Rob Van Skoyak or Dave Roberts or whoever is in their development system. But over the first 26 games... They're still on a franchise record pace of 250 strikeouts. That's the second most behind the San Francisco Giants right now in all of baseball. And I mean, the Giants don't have that great of a lineup to have the payroll, the talent and to be second in all of baseball and most strikeouts as it on the offensive side. That's a problem, especially in the playoffs. They haven't even faced top tier pitching yet. I mean, Mick, Mitch Keller, who has been kind of a mid tier starter his entire career, absolutely dicked them down it hasn't just been him you can look back at across who they've faced even worse is there's been a narrative in the past that this team can't hit lefties well this season they legitimately can't hit lefties they're batting a league worst 170 i don't even think like the 2016 team was that bad and that was actually a team notoriously bad against lefties for reference the second worst hitting team against lefties is seattle but they're 26 points better with 196. Mm. 
Yeah. And the, to that point, like th this has become an approach issue, right? The, this team historically over the last decade, maybe less, a little less than a decade, but it's over this, this Friedman era, let's, let's call it. They've been boomer bust. I mean, they've relied so heavily on the home run. They're leading the National League in home runs, which in their second in 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 all of Major League Baseball behind the Rays in home runs this year, which is kind of crazy since their office uh, their offense is so flat some nights. Mm -hmm. When you look at some of these games where they don't score runs, they they Take today's game, for example. There were many opportunities with runners on base, uh, with runners at third with less than two outs. They couldn't get the run across. They couldn't push the run across. And over the last two weeks, they're they're last in the National League in batting average. They're hitting 201 over this over the last couple of weeks with a 655 OPS. That's just not going to get the job done. They're not making contact enough. They're not moving runners over. They're not manufacturing runs like a lot of these other teams do so well, like the Tampa Bay Rays. And, and the Rays are hitting home runs and they're manufacturing runs. Yeah. So um, that that's the kind of style of play that they need to be playing. Unfortunately, I don't think they have the roster to do that. They don't have the speed. They're not stealing bases. Um, they're, they're getting on base occasionally via the walk, but they're not making any noise on the base pass. They're not forcing the issue. In the meantime, every other every other team is running like hell on the Dodgers. They, they, they can't get anybody out off the base path. So something's got to change there, maybe roster-wise, maybe mentality-wise, but they're a slow team that can't manufacture runs, and the games that they win are games that they hit two-run, three-run homers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. Well, you, want, you got something to say, Chris? No, I think that's a that's a that's oh, a spot on issue. First of all, don't disrespect Drew Smiley like that. You know, we all know he's the second coming to Randy Johnson, so it's not like they they were just getting smoked by any lefty out there. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, obviously you guys are bringing up some good points. This offense has largely been boom or bust, and uh, and that that has been a problem through the years. And you would think with no shift on bigger base pads they would be in a position to manufacture more runs. But the guys that you were expecting to come in and be better contact hitters have not been able to make that sort of impact. Guys like Peralta, J.D. Martinez. Martinez, I think, has been probably the best of that, of that bunch as far as getting runs home that aren't necessarily home runs, ground outs, sack flies, things like that. So, I mean, unfortunately, I, I, think, it's, I think it really is an approach issue that uh, that I think the hitting coaches have to come up with a better plan because right now it's mediocre at best. And and like the great Bill Parcells once said, Jake, you are what your record says you are. Let me, let me get exactly. to the, let me get to the potatoes. Now we have no role players really doing shit for this team. Go down the bat, go down the batting order. First of all, Jason Hayward, who was a spring training invite, should not be hitting third for this Dodgers team. I don't care if he got two hits in this most recent game. He was struggling entering this entering today. He had like a 150 something batting average, raised it a little bit. But Chris Taylor, 
he was a hero on my birthday, April 25th, had that big three run home run to put the Dodgers on top. He's got five bombs. So you'll take that. But I mean, a 161 batting average, 226 on base. That ain't getting the job done. David Peralta has been a huge disappointment as well. Drove in two runs, but I mean, on the season, 183 batting average, 456 on base plus slugging. And I thought JT was bad to start last season. This is even worse. One home run, eight RBIs. And then Trace Thompson, who I'm ready to nickname Erase Thompson because this guy has just completely disappeared. I mean, this guy goes on like Linsanity runs and then doesn't do shit for months. Right now, batting 171 on the season. He's won for his last 22 with 14 strikeouts. I think pitchers have now realized he's incapable of hitting sliders. So they're just slidering him to death. And he's killing us because this goes back to the fact that we can't hit lefties. Who are the lefty mashers on this team? If Trace Thompson was supposed to be the guy and he can't hit lefties, and then Chris Taylor was supposed to be a guy who's supposed to hit lefties and he's not doing it. J.D. Martinez has been kind of slow. We have him, but he's been out the last few games. But Mookie Betts isn't doing it. Will Smith was doing it, but he's been out for a week now. Who is the dedicated lefty masher that you want to start and you can count on him to destroy it? Because I don't see anybody on this team right now. And I think this is probably, in terms of the offensive side, something Freeman's got to address sooner rather than later. What's crazy is that this this issue of not hitting lefties has been an organizational issue for a long time now. I mean, yeah. it is it is getting old. It's like, yep. why, why can't they figure this out? I don't understand. They they collectively get these guys, and and again, like the best lefty masher that that I can remember in recent memory has been freaking Albert Pujols. And you know, like I was going to bring other, him up. Other yes, than saved that. Us. It's yeah. Other than that, it's been absolutely atrocious. And the only the only good thing I can say about David Peralta so far is he got that walk off hit when the Dodgers were were down a run and he got a two run single to win the game. But that that's pretty much been it for him. And he's made some some decent plays in the outfield. But man, it is it is a really just not deep bench. They brought up Michael Bush. Congrats to him on his first major league hit and RBI. Love seeing that. Um, maybe he can turn into something, but you know, also it's like, I'm looking at you, Miguel Vargas. We, we need to see him start to get, get going as well. He's got a good on base percentage, but the power just isn't there right now. Um, he, I, I expect a little bit more from him. I mean, yeah James, James Altman, yeah, James Altman has been carrying this offense, um, when we really weren't expecting him to be, and it's sort of a slap in the face when you think about that they weren't even really committing to him until like the very end of spring training. And he's been awesome uh, so far. So I, I again, I, I don't understand uh, this, the, these role players just not uh, performing so far. It's been a, been a huge collective disappointment and I get, and we'll get to a real collective disappointment, which is the bullpen. But you'd think that, that it's, you know, some of these guys would be able to, to hit above their weight. Yeah. Muncie, and Outman are probably this T are the two representatives, two representatives for this entire team. Maybe Kershaw well is all stars at the moment. I mean, Muncie leads Major League Baseball with 11 home runs. He's been awesome. And then James Outman has seven home runs, has driven in a, a lot of Dodgers. Did see a little flaws from him today. He struck out, I think, twice with runners in scoring position. But other than that, he's been awesome this season. It took a Lux injury for Outman to even make this Major League roster, which is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and, and and I think, uh, by the way, shout out to Michael Bush. That was a great moment. And But the other thing was, it, I like the fact Bush was called up. Why wasn't Diego Cartaya 
called up after Will Smith went down with the concussion, especially with the way oh. Austin Barnes was. was I can answer it. that. You have an answer for that? Thanks, Kev. Two I actually don't know. Two reasons. One, he's actually off to a slow start in double A. He's hitting barely above 200. Two, they don't want to stunt his development. They want him starting every day. And so I don't think they saw this collapse of Austin Barnes coming when they initially signed Austin wins. And it's hard to have a guy like Cartaya start every few games. I think they initially thought Will Smith might be out me, you know, three to five games as the Dodgers typically mm-hmm. underestimate how long someone's out. Of course. So it yeah. just played out that way. Unfortunately. I mean, especially, I mean, the thing is, is like you got Austin Barnes in there and Austin wins. Who's had a few, a couple of hits, but that catcher's position has been an automatic out every time. Yep. And, and to have, and then to not have the other guys in the lineup be able to step up or support. And that's why at the top of the show, I brought up Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. I just feel like we need more from them during this time. That's what you expect from those guys to carry this offense. And because they're not really hitting that much, that's why you're seeing this 500 ball club. Yeah. Yeah. And every time it looks like it's a spark ready to turn around two steps forward and then three steps back. And that's, that was reminiscent of what we saw in these last two games against Pittsburgh. They reminded us who they've been this first month of the season, guys. Let's get to this pedestrian Dodgers pitching staff now. And the first question on Twitter comes from Castillo Jason. At what point should the team decide that Thor is toast? I'm not ready to say that just yet. He's had a few decent outings so far. Granted, the bad outings have been really bad and he's been very hittable and his velocity is nowhere near where he said it was going to be. So that is very concerning, but They did sign him to a one-year deal. He is going to be on this major league club. And if he's healthy, he's going to take the ball every fifth day. So I think we got to buckle in and support him while he's going through this because he has had some bright moments. He had, you know, he pitched really well against uh, a a good Diamondbacks team so far, at least um, in his first go around against the Diamondbacks. Not the second one, (laughs) but um, yeah, he can only clear on that, Jake. So far, he can only pitch at home. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm but what I'm saying is is that I, I'm not ready to burn it all down with him just yet. It's too early, and he's shown flashes that he can pitch well. Is all I'm going to say about that. Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'll go then. Noah Syndergaard <laughs> has not been Thor for this Dodgers team. He's actually been Fat Thor from Avengers Endgame because an 0-3 record, a 6.58 ERA. This is the main cause of why everyone is stealing on the Dodgers. I don't know if it was eight stolen bases or 11 stolen bases that he's already surrendered, but every team has the scouting report now, and they know once you get on base, you can run on Syndergaard. So a single or a walk immediately turns into a double. He gives up soft contact or even hard contact, and then the run scores. And this is why his ERA has been able to escalate really high it's and it's not good also uh, it's a sorry i'll just slip this in it's a combination right i think that most stolen bases are on the pitcher if you look at percentage wise but man austin barnes I, he does not have an arm to throw out runners so it's a combination of those things that guys are are picking up on and it's not just Cindergard. they're running on every pitcher yeah but they're especially running on Cindergard, and even when will smith was catching him he couldn't throw anyone out too because Cindergard is incapable for whatever reason of un he can't hold runners and i don't get it and i guess his delivery to the plate is too slow 
And he's clearly the Dodgers number five starter. And at the rate he's going, he's not going to be in the postseason rotation. He might not even be in the rotation altogether if the other four guys are healthy because Gavin Stone is looking better and better in AAA with every start. I think his Mm -hmm. ERA is now in the fours. They're going to have to call on this guy sooner rather than later because the Dodgers are a 500 team and they don't want to fall too far behind the Padres or the Arizona Diamondbacks, I guess, because once we get into May or June, that's when the season's really going to kick into high gear and we can't have a guy with this high of an ERA starting. Can I just say it's very it's very disappointing that we were supposed to have Pepio, Miller, and uh, Stone in the wings ready mm-hmm. to, to come up in these moments, and we've not seen any of them. And that's a that's a problem. That's a real problem. And I didn't think that this early in the season we would would not be able to call on them when when we need them. I thought that was the entire point of relying on these guys to be there, which has been very disappointing. Yeah, but it it may just be a temporary thing. I think you brought up one of the the names I was about to bring up was Ryan Pepio. I think uh, uh, as far as dumping him uh, out of the rotation or even off the team altogether, it's going to take him and Gonsolin to come in and pitch more consistently where Dave Roberts basically says, hey, you know, we want to move you to the bullpen, basically adopt a Ross Stripling type role where you're hybrid starting or coming out of the bullpen. But even then, it wouldn't shock me if Dave goes to a six-man rotation to make sure that other arms like Kershaw or Urias or, um, you know, anybody else in that rotation avoids burnout. So I just think as of right now, you have to kind of grind it out with this group and until like you guys said stone or miller or or some of these other big big names that they've decided to hold on to are ready to come up and and be consistent because remember dustin may didn't come up right away guys he didn't come up until in the 2019 season i want to say he didn't come up till about june or july same with will smith same with tony gonsolin so there are times where it's like they'll come up but maybe not exactly when you want them to so i think right now they invested 13 million into, into thor Let's see what he can do. And I think if he could just be somewhat competitive, like he has been at home, he's only given up what three earned runs in each of his last couple of home starts. You live with that. You know, if your offense is able to produce a little bit and your bullpen doesn't become a gas can circa 2014, Chris Hatcher status, then you will be in a position to win more of these games. But I think right now it's too early, (coughs) excuse me, too early to hit the panic button. The Incline Dodgers is brought to you by TickPick. TickPick is the go-to website for anyone that's looking to purchase tickets, whether it's sporting events, NBA playoffs, your Dodgers, music. I mean, I'm a big concert goer. This is where I go to get my concert tickets to go check out the awesome artists touring through LA. And you can see all kinds of exciting events, NHL playoffs, you name it. The biggest perk though with TickPick, no service fees at checkout. So you see the price listed, which is competitive, by the way, matches up if not even better than its competitors out there. You pay that. No service fees at checkout. Download the app today over at TickPick, proud sponsor of this podcast. Gorilla Golf 1987 on Twitter. What the hell is wrong with these Dodgers pitchers? I'm really starting to believe that the shift was one of the reasons that all these pitchers were able to produce. Julio Urias shouldn't be left off the hook either because he's been pretty bad, especially over his last two starts. He's given up 11 earned runs over nine innings pitched. He's now a three and three with a 4.41 ERA. This is a guy that's an upcoming free agent. And I don't know if he's trying to give the Dodgers a hometown discount or something with a subpar performance, but the last two outings, I'm not going to, I'm not blaming the pitch clock for this because 
what I saw in the World Baseball Classic is the same Urias that we've seen in the last two starts. No timer. Now there's a timer. I don't think this is I don't think this is rules related. I think there's just something off with his velocity and he's not the same pitcher at the moment. Now he could turn it around, but I do not have high confidence at him in him at this very moment. Uh, a very similar thing happened to him at the beginning of last year from what I remember. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know it was either it was either Bill Plaschke or Dylan Hernandez. You know, oh, it was Dylan. It was Dylan ripped yeah. him to shreds. Ripped him to shreds. That um, basically Julio Rios has lost his velocity, and then you fast forward and he's finishing in the top. You know, Cy Young voting. So uh, I, <clears throat> I, I'm all for giving players benefit of the doubt, especially guys like Rios who have really earned our benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I'm I I don't do we have to face the Cubs anymore because no we, we played him Cody yes Cody yes Bellinger. Jake, they got they got to face him 16 more times bro look at the schedule. oh oh Jesus well Cody Bellinger lit Julio Rios up like a Christmas tree um so I'm glad we don't have to don't have to see him anymore but the thing that is the most concerning I think past the rotation has been the bullpen and I don't know mm. did we go there just yet Kevin. We will in a second. I'm just not done with okay. Urias. He gave up six earned runs against the Pirates. That's the most earned runs he's allowed in a start since 2021. So when you reference that Plaschke meltdown, which I believe was after a Coors Field start, mm-hmm. this is a different story because Wrigley and uh, Pittsburgh are not even in the same stratosphere in terms of pitch uh, hitter friendliness. And I think in his last three starts, he's allowed the most runs over a stretch in his career or something like that, if I read the stack correctly. There's still a lot of baseball left, thankfully. It's only April, so I'm not hitting the panic button. But this is the slowest of all the slow starts I've ever seen from Urias, and that's just a fact. Well, he's had some good starts. These last two, for whatever reason, on this road trip, he just forgot how to pitch. I mean, at home, he's been great. You know, you may get a run or two on him early, but, you know, the fact that he's been smacked around in, what, back-to-back first innings now in, in both of these starts. So, just giving yeah, up the leads. He's given up the leads, exactly. And and it just completely, well, not in the Chicago game. They nearly got perfect gamed by, uh, you know, Randy, a.k.a. Drew Smiley Johnson. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, but Julio, I think we'll figure it out. Like I said, fellas, if, if they're still playing like this in the middle of June or toward the end of June, then we got something to worry about. But 13 and 13, only a game out of first in their own division. Uh, what, the, the first place team is the Pirates. They're 18 and 8, right? Okay. Let's see where the Pirates are at in another two months because they could be similar to what the Angels did last year. Remember how good the Angels were through April? Everyone was going, oh, my God, we're finally going to get that freeway series. And then what happened? Two terrible weeks later, a fired Joe Madden, and then it was like, oh, Angels are going to ange. Yeah, and that's what's frustrating. If that's a a thing. I think the Pirates are frauds, so we're losing to what appears to be a good team, but they're not going to be in the playoff contention, in my opinion. A bad matchup for the Dodgers, apparently. Yeah, considering what happened last season, mm-hmm. but I, and I don't know what to make of this. Maybe you guys can uh, can kick this this idea around. But what what I've seen that has been so infuriating, and and it's what happened today in the Julio Rios start, is that the Dodgers' offense will put up a few runs, and then the very next inning they will cough up the lead, or mm. or the or the lead will or or it'll be tied, or or what have you. And I, I don't understand why that why that keeps happening. But it's happened multiple times now with the starters and the relievers where the offense will put out and then 
immediately they'll give it right back. That is one of the most infuriating things as a baseball fan to watch that happen. It's similar to when you bring in a reliever and they immediately can't find the strike zone in a tight game and they start walking guys like that's, that's sort of on the same par for me, but I don't know if you, have you guys noticed that it's just, it's just been kind of a, a really annoying thing that's been happening so far this season. Yeah. Especially the last week happened with Urias. Like I just mentioned, I know Dustin may had a start where that occurred. Kershaw in Arizona. I I remember that Uh, he was going out for the sixth inning or something like that. And he gave up back-to-back home runs and they ended up losing that game. And that caused the spiral for, for the rest of that series. So um, yeah, I mean, those things happen. And once again, these are just one of the fluky things that, that happens is the starters have either been really good or just basically shelled. <laughs> There's been no third yeah. direction. So There's far. no in-between. Yeah. There's no in-between. Not consistently. Yeah. Anyway. Have, have you noticed that we've had very minimal saves again this season? Only it's not because the Dodgers are cruising and, you know, winning all the games. It's either we're blowing out teams or we're getting blown out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, no third direction on that. Although it was, it was good to see Shelby Miller get that save on uh, Monday night against the Pirates. That was good to see. Yeah. Eric Valencia on Instagram reaching out. Who would they call up t- to replace uh, Yense Almonte and Alex Fessia if, if they were to send them down? And I don't think the question is who would they call up? The question should be when are they going to send Alex Fessia and Yense Almonte down? Because this is just getting out of hand. I mean, Yancy Almonte has a 928 ERA and the opposition's hitting 348 against him. Alex mm. Fessy has hit has got a 939 ERA with a three whip, and opponents are hitting 463 against him. It I you know, <clears throat> I did not think that it would be this uh, collective of a meltdown in this bullpen. I thought mm. Maybe you'd see a little regression with one guy or, oh, or, or, you know, Vesey is not as sharp or Almonte's kind of lost it. These guys have been awful. Um, And I'll throw a stat at you that I just looked up, which is kind of crazy. When you look at all 30 teams, relievers, year to date, batting average against, the Dodgers have the worst batting average against, the highest batting average against for their relievers, which is a whopping 291 the league is hitting against Dodgers relievers. That is 10 points higher than the team above them, which is the Chicago White Sox, who have been just atrocious this year. Oh, yeah. Guys are hitting 281 against their bullpen. So we are 10 points higher than any other team if you if you stack if you stack it up. That's just not good. And we've talked about the pitch clock issues. That's got to be you know, something that may be affecting these guys. I, I don't but, buy it. But I'll, but, but I'll just say this. Everyone's dealing with the pitch clock. Yeah. So figure it out if that's the issue. I just think these guys, they're, they're throwing the ball right over the middle, middle of the plate. They're getting hit hard. It's not a question of like, oh, the, sh- oh, the shift or whatever. Soft contact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Soft contact or they're getting bat bit to death. No, the, the, they're getting hit really hard. Um, and they and they can't get anybody out. Yeah. yeah, two things. 518 bullpen ERA. It's the second worst in the National League. 518. This was a yes. bullpen that used to be in the sub twos. Only the Giants have a worse bullpen. Second thing, what I don't want to conspire have a conspiracy theory out there, but I'm starting to think 
Is Alex Vessia becoming like that place kicker that missed a critical kick to win the game, whether it's an extra point or a short field goal? And now we're seeing the lingering effects where it's just a hangover carrying into this season because it seems like his confidence got absolutely rocked. And I don't want to credit it to Jake Cronenworth getting the two runs off him. But even in spring training, he looked off. He's looked out of sync all season. He can't get command of his pitches. Everything he's thrown is just getting hit hard. It's not a pitch clock issue. I think this is mental. Yeah, it could be. And I think that we're going to have to wait to see when Phillips and Gratterall get back on this team so that they can send Vessia out. Um, I, I really think he could use some time in AAA, get right, and come back. Um, but yeah, I mean, they brought Victor Gonzalez back, who you know has was doing well in the minors, and he's kind of you know been hit around a little bit in his first couple outings coming back. Brule has looked decent-ish, um, yep. and uh, but I, you know I, I don't have a lot of confidence in him. But I think that that Vessia, you can't just, you can't keep trotting him out there and and you're and you don't want to waste a lefty on your team to do mop up work. So it's not like you're gonna throw him in there in a blowout game to get some work in when you know you kind of need a lefty situationally late in games. And he was that guy last year. I mean he was lights out last year uh up until that final game uh against the Padres in the playoffs. He was lights out. I just think that you, you got to send him down um, or, or Almonte. I don't know what his options are, even if, or if, if he's he got options. Any. He does. He, he signed a minor league deal. Yeah. Well, yeah we, we, we <clears throat> need, we need to, to get these guys sent down and, and you know, work, work through some of these issues. Cause you, you can't, you can't keep ro- rolling these guys out there. And it's been hard cause they've had a kind of a short bullpen with these guys out. So, yeah. you know, they, they've had to run them out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. coming, Coming into the season, I had some question marks with this Dodgers bullpen. I said that this would probably be the weak link of the Dodgers team, and it surpassed even what I thought. It really is just those two inflating the stats and then home run derby Andre Jackson. I think those three are the weakest links. After that, I mean, everyone else has been pretty solid, but those three are really killing this bullpen. Yeah, and and, and I think, um, you know, you guys have to understand, teams make adjustments after a while and we've seen i could write you guys a laundry list and i know i've mentioned this before of relievers here today gone tomorrow either because of injury or just general ineffectiveness because the more times you trot guys out there guess what the more scouting reports the the more in-depth those scouting reports are and eventually teams are going to figure you out and be you know don't forget about the wear and tear about you know, a heavy workload over a span of a couple of years, and then all of a sudden it just all kind of blows up on you. That's why there are times where relievers just get smacked around. And, and if it's not injury that gets them, it's going to be the opponents. And eventually they get down to AAA and they're not heard from anymore. I, I agree with you. I brought this up about Vesia to a former colleague of mine who actually worked in the Dodger front office at one point in time. He's like, Dave's not going to send anybody down. He's going to try to get these guys to work through their issues, especially this early in the season. And while it may be frustrating for guys like us, you have the time and the patience to see if they can work through some of these things, because we all could remember Dodger pitchers, even Pedro Baez, go back to the 2018 season. He was awful the first three, four months of the season. Then all of a sudden in August and September, he was perhaps the Dodgers best reliever. Uh, as far as middle relievers went. So I just think right now, instead of looking for replacements, and there will be some, Daniel Hudson, when he gets healthy, 
Alex Reyes, when, when he gets healthy, if those guys could come back and hit the ground running, now at least you have hopefully some stabilizing forces. I just think it's too early to hit the panic button. However, if this carries over into May, fellas, send them down. I agree with that. I mean, I get your point about Pedro Bias, but we also had to endure like three grueling years of him trying to figure that shit out. No, I get it. But I'm saying, though, there was an example, not many examples, but one example of how a guy started off rough and then closed the season out oh, strong. So Joe I'm Blanton, just saying he was he was a reclamation project, started off a little rough and he became like their best high leverage reliever towards the end. Absolutely. Look at what the Nationals did with Hudson, right? I mean, it, it took him a few years to figure it out. He became their star closer uh, for, for a weak bullpen and uh, propelled the Nationals past the Dodgers and, and onto the World Series. So it's very mercurial. There's no exact science to a bullpen, which is why the Dodgers never really commit to these guys more so more than a season or two at a time. Last question coming from JL Gar 3. Who is going to regret their slow start more, the Dodgers or the Padres? I think the Padres, because they should be taking advantage of this weak division as it is right now. I mean, how long are the Dodgers going to be this sort of meandering 500 mediocre team? Uh, not long, I don't think. I think once they get players back, players healthy. We mentioned some of the relievers that could be coming back. This team is going to be a lot better once they have a fuller roster and their their players aren't, you know, on paternity leave. Um I I think that the Padres have been kind of a letdown so far, especially what the hell Juan Soto. Like that's been a, an atrocious trade for them. I mean, he's been awful for them. And I don't know what the hell's going on with him. 183 then, hitter. And then I don't know, you know, I, I guess they're they're kind of waiting to see what happens with Fernando Tatis Jr. He's he's got to kind of get his rhythm back going. But yeah, I think I think the Dodgers, I think the Padres will regret this slow start more than the Dodgers. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I agree with that aspect, but I think the Dodgers only because it kind of feels like this team is not as talented where it's like, oh, they could just go on a run. There's too much talent and stuff like that. Maybe you could have said that two, three, four years ago when they had a lot more you know, young talent or I should say more veteran talent, uh, guys who were sort of in the prime peak of their career. But now with this roster, like you guys have pointed out, there's just been so much inconsistency. I just don't think it can be relied upon. So chances are it's the Padres, but I think the Dodgers will look back and be like, man, we really screwed the pooch and dug ourselves in too deep of a hole that not even we could have gotten out of. I'm going to agree with Jake. And it's not even that the Padres are off to that slow of a start because I'm looking at their schedule. They've played mostly playoff contenders right now, similar to the Dodgers, but Dodgers got to have that little court or Rockies matchup. So did the Padres at the start of the season. So never mind on that point. But I mean, back to Jake's point, like the Padres don't win divisions. Typically the Dodgers do. The Dodgers have a lot more experience with second half runs. San Diego, on the other hand, does not. They should probably be taking advantage and trying to pad their division lead with the Dodgers kind of off to this slumpish start. So because the Dodgers and Padres are in a virtual tie right now, you got to think that these games to decide the division are going to be head to head matchups. So whoever comes on top between the Dodgers and Padres head to head, that's the leg up in the standing. So I feel like this favors a team like the Dodgers who in the past have 
own the Padres in the regular season. Now the Padres are a little more stronger than in years past and the Dodgers are a little weaker than in years past. But I mean, you got to feel good if you're the Dodgers and you're not out of the division as a 500 team and time is on our side. You got the trade deadline still in a couple months. So no reason to panic for either team. One of these teams, if not both, they're going to kick it into high gear. And I think both these teams are still playoff teams. A hundred percent. Next up on the Dodgers schedule, they got a three-game series back home at Dodger Stadium. They face the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are 10 and 16, off to a slow start as well. Go through the pitching matchups real quick. Jack Flaherty against Dustin May, Jordan Montgomery against Clayton Kershaw, and Noah Syndergaard against Jake Woodford. A couple comments wow. here. Flaherty is back to being a starter and kind of frustrating because in the past he's owned the Dodgers. Yeah, and also Harvard Westlake grad, so he's going to be pitching in home. He's he's at home. He's going to probably have a lot of fans there. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, definitely. totally. <clears throat> yeah, this Cardinals team has been kind of disappointing. I mean, Nolan Gorman leads the team with six home runs. Tommy Edmond has been always a little bit of a thorn in the Dodgers side. Side, yeah, side. he's he's going to be running all over us. Like, oh my God, get licking those him, shops. Don't let him get on base. Yeah, that's a good hey, point. He's going to pull a Willie Mays Hayes to Freddie Freeman. I bought a hundred of these, one for every <laughs> base I'm going to steal. Yeah, cut to him hammering it into his wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hey guys, I, I only stole ten bases on the Dodgers over a three game three day weekend. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt has been good as usual, batting 302. Nolan Arenado off to a pretty slow start. Only a 650 on base plus slugging. And then another guy who they added in the offseason, Wilson Contreras, pretty good hitting catcher. And a guy that I thought could be a Dodger has been pretty bad. Dylan Carlson has been riding the bench more these days. 250 hitter with zero home runs. And Tyler O'Neill off to a slow start as well, just two home runs. Yeah, and they sent Jordan Walker down. Uh, he was starting for them. He has he has not done much lately or, or at all. Yep. So this is a great and opportunity they, for the Dodgers to beat a below 500 team. For sure. And just to be back in the cozy confines of, of the ravine after a long road trip, this could be what they need to get themselves back on track. But, you know, they've got to execute the four core of, of this game. you got to start. You got to have good relief pitching. You got to have some timely hitting. You got to play good defense and stop allowing these guys to just run amok on you on the base pads. That was inexcusable what happened from Bay, uh, you know, uh, over over those three games. I mean, what did he have? He must have had at least seven or eight stolen bases. Yeah. Bay, Bay killed us. Yeah. They're all running on us. Freaking Corbin Carroll was getting stolen bases. Well, that guy, that guy's, you know, he's light speed. Of course, he's going to steal bases. He was stealing out. Yeah. I'm waiting for someone to steal home base against the Dodgers at this rate. <laughs> they should. They should. And we're, and we're slower than ever. We don't have anybody that can steal any bases. Gavin Lux blew out his knee. That was going to be one of our guys that was going to steal some bases for us. Mookie Betts, bats lead off but can't steal any bases. Uh, Chris Taylor doesn't get on base enough to steal any bags. Peralta's slow. J.D. Martinez, for whatever reason, is trying to take an extra bag every time he gets a single for what? I don't know why. Um, this team is just slow. Um, and, that, and that's just what it is. So that's one one thing I'd like to for Friedman to address at some point 
on this roster uh, toward as we creep towards the the, the trade deadline. Um, but Jake, because- but Jake, there's the rub. Go back to what you said. I got the receipts. What you said earlier. They can't drive anybody in. So what's the point of stealing second if you if you're just going to be stranded at second because you can't make contact and play situational station to station baseball? Well, I mean, it's there's it's, the rub on that. I'm just pointing that out. No, I I, I I hear you. I hear you. But, it, you know, it's twofold. I mean, it, both needs both things need to happen. But but having more guys in, in scoring position and forcing the issue and putting the pressure on the pitcher will possibly have him make mistakes and then, and then you can drive those guys in. So it, it, it does go hand in hand sometimes. I appreciate that. And I don't like having to pull receipts. I already got enough here from CVS as it is. <laughs> you know, you can change that to it being sent to your email nowadays. You don't have to take the long receipt with you, but, it, but, if, but if you're, you know, if you're an old school guy, why not? After Some of us Cardinals- don't know how to do that, Jake. <laughs> After the Cardinals, we face the Phillies. They're 13 and 13 right now as we're recording. Uh, pitching matchups could be Gonsolin against Taiwan Walker, Urias against Matt Strom, and Dustin May against Aaron Nola. Last season when the Phillies came to Dodger Stadium, I'm pretty sure they put a beatdown on us on multiple games. Their offense was just high-flying and slugging and Maybe the most surprising team to make the World Series in a long time, in my opinion, because I did not see that coming. But they're the NL reigning champions, so you have to acknowledge that. And the other standout here is that Trey Turner making his Dodger Stadium return. Didn't have a long track record with the Dodgers, so I don't know if he's standing ovation worthy. It'll be kind of interesting to see how the fans respond. But he's off to a slower start, too, only hitting 273 with a 316 on base. But... Another guy that can run. So he gets on base. He might have five or six stolen bases by the time this series ends. I think they'll give him a video. I don't know if it, his ovation will not be as loud uh, or as sustaining as Cody Bellinger's, but, uh, but he will, he will get cheers. It won't be, I, I don't think it'll be, I don't think anybody's going to boo him. No, um, I wouldn't think so. He, he had, the Dodgers, yeah, the Dodgers didn't even want, the Dodgers didn't even want to keep him. So I, I can't imagine that he would get booed for anything. I mean, he he was a good player for the Dodgers. He just, you know, didn't really show up in the postseason. One year he couldn't hit. Next season he couldn't field. So it was it was disappointing for him when it counted when when it mattered most. But um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting homestand because you're playing two teams that are kind of underperforming right now, which is kind of a scary notion. Uh, when when you yourself is you know is a team that is underperforming, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to the uh, the game on Tuesday, which is my birthday. So hopefully, hopefully the Dodgers can pull out a win against the Phillies. Um, but I'm not holding my breath because you never know what what team's going to show up to the park every single night. It's kind of uh, kind of maddening. You don't know what you're going to get from anybody. Yep. No, absolutely. And I, I do think uh, Trey Turner might get a thank you video. It'll be short, obviously not the same impact as Cody Bellinger coming back, but still some good moments. Obviously you got to cap. You have to encapsulate that uh, amazing slide. He had ironically enough against the Phillies uh, back in the 2021 season. So, uh, but yeah, no, these are two pretty big series coming up. I always think it's important to play well against teams outside your, your division uh, because you don't see them that often. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see a lot of these teams are kind of struggling, which scares me because that may mean that they, the Dodgers let their guard down. And now all of a sudden these teams show up licking their chops and, 
get, you know, a trip to LA always seems to bring out the best in, in everyone's opponents, whether you're talking Dodgers, Lakers, Rams, you name it. If, if you have an opposing team playing in Hollywood, in downtown, oh yeah, they want to put on a show, baby. Yeah, how many how many nights over the past few seasons uh, with the Lakers, Chris, did a team that had no business being anywhere near the Lakers in talent just show up when they came to Crypto.com? I mean, it was oh, like- About 90%. Yeah, I mean, it was just wildly, just, just watching like the Oklahoma City Thunder every night go toe-to-toe with the Lakers was just maddening to me. So I agree yeah. with that point. Yeah, I mean, when you're allowing a guy named James Robinson Earl to basically drop 23 and 12 on Anthony Davis's head, yeah, you kind of feel like so there's something wrong there. <laughs> they show up. They show up to play LA because they want to beat him. For sure. Any other topics, questions, or things that you wanted to address before I get to the final segments? One question. Uh, what did you guys take away from Michael Bush's uh, first games as a Dodger? I thought I thought he did great. I mean, he drove in a run, his first hit, and which was which was incredible. And his whole family was there, which was awesome. I always love that when uh, when a player gets to invite the whole family and they keep cutting away to them. That's really exciting. Um, he seems to re- have relished in the moment, and I'm hoping that he can play his way into this starting lineup because, like we mentioned during the first part of this podcast, the role players are not showing up. So it's basically. Who yeah. wants it? You know, this is a this is a real like audition period for this bench uh, to really solidify who's going to be on this team. You know, as we get into the dog days and also into September, October. I want to see more from Bush. He only went one for ten in those three games with five strikeouts, so fifty percent K rate. But I do like the upside with this young guy, and he can play some corner outfield. He can play third. He can even play second. And if Miguel Vargas continues to get off to his sleepy start, then I want to see some more Michael Bush because let's not sleep on Bush. He's a highly touted prospect. I think he's in the top 50 in the MLB pipeline. So the Dodgers have the assets. This is a talented player, and I would love to see them incorporate him more in this lineup somehow. So especially with Hayward, Thompson, and Peralta all being slow, see some more from Bush. I hope they can uh, keep him for this Dodgers stadium homestand. Definitely would like to see more from him. I just think the position thing, especially once you start getting Muncie and Smith and some of these other guys back, J.D. Martinez. If Martinez goes on the IL, that could be an opportunity for him to really kind of show out and, yep. and prove to be an X factor. But I still think J.D. is going to have a big uh, uh, a role on this team, uh, especially as everyone gets healthy and he gets himself right uh, because he, he's been a pretty consistent run producer. And like I said earlier, it's not just home runs or RBI hits, but RBI ground out, sack flies, things like that. So yeah, hopefully I, Bush I, can somewhat, you know, fill that role. Yeah. It's disappointing that, that JD's hurt because he's been one of the bright spots in that lineup. Uh, I've really enjoyed watching him hit. So hopefully he can, uh, he can come back sooner than later. Player-wise, team-wise, or baseball-wise, what has been the biggest disappointment or surprise to you so far this season? So you could either do a positive and a negative or just a negative, whatever uh, comes to mind right away. Um. I think the uh, one of the one of the surprises, and 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 again, I, I said this in the group chat, Kevin, but. I, I I I can't keep believing in the Chicago White Sox. I just can't. I didn't think that they would be this bad. I thought they would be a lot better. 
Uh, obviously, I picked them to win the Central. Now I look like a complete clown because um, they are bad. I mean, we were talking about how bad the Dodgers bullpen was. The The White Sox are right there uh, and they they can't hit. They can't pitch. Their their starting pitching, which was supposed to be a strength of theirs, Giolito, Lance Lynn not having a good season. Dylan Cease has been having an, an all right season. And there's going to be a lot of guys available at the trade deadline for them. And oh, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking my chops, looking at that roster, thinking, <laughs> what what can we get from them? I'm looking at you, Tim Anderson. Um, there's a lot of guys that that I wouldn't mind having on this Dodgers team. So yeah, the White Sox have been a huge surprise. And then the other surprise, the obvious surprise, I think, is the Tampa Bay Rays. Didn't think that they would be this good for this long. Um, but they always kind of surprise you no matter what. They they may not look like they have a great roster on paper, but for some reason, they have it, they've figured out the magic potion over there, and they those guys produce. Um, it's just too bad that you know they they can't really draw a crowd in, in Tampa Bay, but I would say those are my two biggest surprises so far. Yeah, I had the White Sox as one of the biggest disappointments too. Looks like a team that's just about to tear it down and rebuild again. And I I agree. Tim Anderson looks like an obvious Dodgers trade candidate. They got some nice relievers in that bullpen as well. So would love to see the Dodgers and White Sox work something out. Uh, Tampa Bay, I'm not really surprised by them, though. I figured they'd be good. Their pitching is always underrated. Randy Orozarena looked like an absolute star in the WBC, so no surprise that he's carrying over that swag. And Wander Franco was like the best prospect in baseball. It only took a little bit of time, but he's finally breaking out, too. So they've done a great job job of drafting and developing, and they sold high on Blake Snell at the right time. They're still missing glass now. They, They got things cooking. I'm going to actually go with a team that, uh, like I was joking with Jake earlier, that the Dodgers have to face 16 more times this season, and that's the Chicago Cubs. Uh, No, the Cubbies have looked really good. I I think everyone kind of thought, you know, they they were a bit of an afterthought, but they quietly, I know everyone's going to talk about the Dansby Swanson signing. Every other signing that they had had a low-key feel to it, Cody Bellin. Trey Mancini, Eric Hosmer, to kind of supplement what they had with Nico Horner and and Ian Happ. They've got a solid squad. And, you know, I I don't know if those were the right kinds of signings for them, but I think it works out twofold. One, it makes us a more professional, consistent ball club. So, you know, for any of the young guys that they're going to have, that they have right now, or are going to get called up, they get to see guys who've been doing it at a high level, including a a couple of former World Series champions for a long time. So I think when you have that kind of professionalism, the experience and guys that are just going out there doing their job every day, it bodes well for a team that's young and still figuring themselves out. And on the flip side, if it doesn't work out, hopefully some of those guys will have value. So you could flip them, a flip a Hosmer, maybe flip a Cody Bellinger uh, or or a Trey Mancini or one of those guys and try to get something else, another young piece or two, which they kind of think did with Jock Peterson one year. Uh, so, I mean, I just think Chicago has gotten out to a really solid start. I don't know if it'll sustain. They got a solid pitching staff, good bullpen, well-managed with David Ross. I don't know. Could be a team that uh, could be one of those uh, second wildcard candidates if it, you know, uh, if it works out. Both Chicago teams getting shout outs. Yeah, I picked the Cubs to make the playoffs before the season started. Uh, since I don't want to duplicate some of the things that were thrown out there, I'll go player and I'm going with Tyler Anderson. 720 ERA over 20 innings pitched. He can't strike anyone out, has 11 strikeouts. 
170 whip opponents are hitting 317 against him and he's given up five home runs in 20 innings i mean after the all-star season he had it's no surprise that most daughter fans wanted them to re-sign him but for as bad as noah Syndergaard's been tyler anderson's been even worse and i don't think he's gonna get much better because he's can't he doesn't throw hard he was very dependent and relying on the shift they got rid of that so a contact pitcher throwing a soft this is this isn't gonna bold well for the angels i don't think yeah i mean who would have thought that the angels couldn't foresee a a, a pitcher being bad i mean who would have thought that that would i know because their signings have just been so great through the years and not to mention their pitching development has been just the top top notch um boy again another another angel season where we're looking at oh god what's going to happen are they what are they going to do with Otani? You know, do you do you hold on to him and hope that he signs with you again after another disappointing season, or do you say, you know what, he's not coming back to us anyway? Let's sell high on him and see what we can get for him at the deadline. It's just a it's a lose lose, I think, uh, mm-hmm. for the Angels at this point. Um, and and they've been okay, but they've also been really bad. Um, and, and they should, they should be better because they're pretty healthy. I mean, you know, they've got most of their guys that, that are playing. Um, Mm -hmm. so this was their roster and it's not worked out so, so far. And, and you know what? Shout out to Tyler Anderson. He saw the forest from the trees. He was like, I, if I'm going to get a multi-year deal and maximize this season, I have got to get the best possible deal. And he did that. So, you know, he, and, and shout out to the Dodgers. They saw it as well. We're not going to offer this guy three years. Like he wants, we're going to give him a qualifying offer, make it lucrative, but for one year. So we're not on the hook for a guy that struggles and now has no trade value. So once again, Angels sign a guy, a la CJ Wilson, Dan Heron, Vernon Wells, Gary Matthews Jr., Albert Pujols, Josh Hamilton. I mean, the list goes on of guys that they thought at the time were going to be good signings. And then all of a sudden, it not just blows up in their face, Jake and Kev, it quickly blows up in their face. So, and I feel bad for TA because I, I really would have liked to have seen him back here uh, for the 2023 season. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts, guys. Final thoughts. Um, I I think we kind of covered this, but like I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. Uh, it has been a frustrating first couple of weeks of the season. Um, I thought this team would be obviously in a lot better position than they are right now, record wise. Um, I didn't foresee some of these uh, injuries and paternity list things happening, obviously, um, you know, kind of uh, rocking the boat a little bit uh, with this roster and and making this this roster obviously weaker with the key guys out. So you have to factor that in. And I think once we get those guys back and once guys are a little healthier, we're going to see what this team is really made of. And I think there, I think this is a better team than I'm still thinking that this team is a better team than people are giving them credit for. Um, but I'm not hitting the panic button just yet. What about you, Chris? Uh, well, to it, because you said final thoughts, it made me thinking of the late, great Jerry Springer, who just passed away on Thursday at the age of 79. So I'm going to start off my final thoughts by saying, like Jerry said, and now for my final thoughts, nobody wins in, in the month of April. You got to grind. You got to put in the hard work. You've got to go through all the obstacles. 
obstacles and all the adversities and find a way to come together as a team. Baseball is really a microcosm of life. It's about working together to get to that end goal. Be sure to take care of yourself and each other. Did you memorize that? I made it up on the spot, Jay. Oh, wow. I thought that was a direct <laughs> quote. That was great, Chris. Wow. I'm impressed. Hey, RIP Jerry Springer, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And what's that thing behind you? Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, I got to shout out my, uh, my podcast that I co-host with my good friend and partner, Chaz Pearson, called The Outlet Forum, at The Outlet Forum on Twitter and Instagram. New podcasts every week on uh, Tuesday afternoons around one o'clock. And then we also do Instagram lives on Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Pacific time. We're talking everything in the world of basketball, NBA, WNBA, NCAA, everything. Great shows every single week. Be sure to tune in. I like it. Yeah, I checked out your first episode to kick off this year was awesome content. I enjoyed it. So you guys make sure to follow Chris Camello and check out the outlet forum. Kevin, uh, what's your, what are your, what are your final thoughts? My friend, uh, my final thoughts are, man, I'm really stressed out with uh, this bullpen. But as I say, every year, the month of April does not matter for the standings. So if you're looking at the standings every day, you're wasting your freaking time because Look at the Phillies last season. Look at the Braves two seasons ago. Look at the Nationals in 2019. They all struggled out of the gate. We're below 500, even like into July, I think. And they all made the World Series. So plenty of time. Some of these players are going to figure it out. Other guys probably won't. And they'll get DFA'd. They'll bring in reinforcements. This is just how it goes every season, everyone. And quick out of left field. Drivers that literally park their car in the middle of the street, especially in neighborhoods, and don't have the decency to pull pull over to the side like at a curb, but instead just sit in the middle of the road. What are you thinking? Happens to me all the time. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get home, but you're literally blocking my, my house, just two houses down and your car is in my way. Like that mom. that goes along with 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 David's out of left field that he did a a million years ago about the 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 drivers that drive really slow right as you need right as you're nearing your house like for whatever mm. reason it's oh, just oh that sucks they just they're always in front of you and since he said that I've noticed it now more than ever just like every time I'm trying to get home there's always some guy that's just going super slow um and prevents you from getting there faster it's kind of that same thing where it's just like people just don't really care about other people anymore and they just they they only think about themselves and that's that's evident of that that's evidence of that and kev uh, about your situation and larry david a curb your enthusiasm would call them pig parkers you're not calling (laughs) them a pig you're calling them a pig parker yeah they're pig parkers for sure (laughs) Thankfully, I get more lucky with uh, what happens to David, but it's that that gets me all the time. And it's people that are making a right seem to turn as slow as possible when they're turning right. And I'm like, God damn, son, I'm about to hit you. Let's move here. (laughs) Yeah. And if you hit them, it's your fault. Exactly. Yep. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Inclined Dodgers this week. Had to go out on a funnier note because, man, this team's a little depressing. Make sure to subscribe wherever (laughs) you get your podcast and give us a five star rating. Whether it's a 
Apple Podcast or YouTube. Just follow us and uh, more Dodgers content to come. Peace out, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.